millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wrestling, much like breaking a sleeping man's neck, revolves around solid twists. Time and again, Vince and his van load of veiny chaps has swerved us as an audience and provided some of the greatest, and in many cases, silliest storylines you'll ever find on TV. However, as you might expect, it's not always been a smooth journey, and there have been many times that storytelling gold was turned into a bedtime tale. As is our want to do, we've gathered up some of the most egregious times that characters went from being terrific to terrible in the blink of an eye for you today. You're welcome. With this in mind, I'm that big lad from the gaming channel Jules, and these are 10 twists that killed great wrestling characters. Number 10, Vader is a sad fat man. Now, Vader's time in the WWF is a well-documented mess. He had a great run in Japan and in WCW, but the man was hurting when Vince McMahon signed him to a deal. He was promised to get some lengthy time off to get his shoulder surgery sorted out, but he was rushed back to work and was never quite the same in the ring. After big matches with The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, which failed to live up to their potential, he was moved down the card. The solution seemed obvious. Let the man take some time off, heal up, and get in better shape. But obvious and the WWF go to like myself and a sexual partner who isn't rife with mental and father issues, in that they don't. No, instead, WWF went with their make the monster make fun of himself route, which was really strange, because Vader then lost to Kane, and instead of swearing revenge, he told Michael Cole in an interview, I've made the biggest mistake of my life, maybe Vader time is over, I'm a piece of a big fat piece of Jesus Christ, mate, leave some self-deprecation for the rest of us, thank you very much. This move killed the mystique of the Mastodon and he spent the rest of his time jobbing out to everyone. It's a shame, as the real piece of is creative for making him say that in the first place. Number 9. Sandow might not be a genius. Unlike other names on this list, this entry actually spans two companies. In WWE, Aaron Stevens wasn't really catching on in the way that management hoped, so they sent him back down to developmental. A few years later, he re-emerged as a much more confident and far more interesting Damien Sandow, a modern-day genius. Despite some silliness to the character, he looks set to be a big star. Unfortunately, management gave up on him again, and he was given the atrocious gimmick of copying other wrestlers, until somehow his stunt double work of The Miz got over. Big. Again, WWE didn't see anything in him and this time let him go. When he went to TNA, he had the chance to revitalize his old savior of the masses act with a different name, which would have made him a top heel in the company, but instead, they decided to shoot with us. Sandow, now Aaron Rex, told us that he's not a genius, that he's never even had his IQ tested, and basically that was all an act. What was the point of this? Why slam something that the fans loved? 
In this one segment, he killed the savior of the masses angle, R.I.P. Fun. Number eight, Steve Austin likes hugs. Right, so fun fact, my dad actually looks a little bit like Steve Austin, and his name is actually Steve. What a weapon! Also fun fact, my dad also acted like Stone Cold for the majority of my life, and that neither liked to hug their nine-year-old son when he'd fallen off his bike that one time. Yeah, that was a thing. That is, until Stone Cold went a bit soft around WrestleMania X7, where he turned heel and joined forces with Mr. McMahon. This resulted in a lot of singing, his wife baking a load of things, and a lot of hugs. We were supposed to hate Vince, but really, we just felt bad for him being on the receiving end of those long, awkward man braces. Once this twist of Austin joining his boss and their ensuing shenanigans played out, we can never quite look at the man the same way. But we can all be thankful that it did end. Number 7. Eric Bischoff turns on WCW The NWO was a brilliant idea, whose goal it was to take down the establishment. Featuring a host of former WWF guys invading as well as a few turncoats like the Giant, they were booked as an unstoppable force. The former million dollar man Ted DiBiase was their financial backer, which meant they could afford all of these shenanigans and japeries and and jokes and laughs and such, and it was all so perfect that you just knew that something had to come along and ruin it. Hello, Eric Bischoff and your punchable face. Yes, the Bish Bash Bosh Boff joined the NWO in a swerve more resembling a car crash and killed the identity of WCW. He was meant to be fighting against the NWO, but by helping them, he basically said everyone not in this stable isn't good for business. And why the should we as an audience care about those guys then? He ran down anyone and everyone that worked with him, and the WCW brand was so horribly damaged by the time the NWO angle ran its course that there was no one really left to cheer for. Bischoff as a babyface was not amazing, but he was good. But he was a good, realistic cheerleader to have represent the WCW. Showing him as a ruthless backstabber did lead to some entertaining television, but it was a turn that caused long-lasting damage to the entire angle and, unfortunately, the company's future. Number six, the one-man gang is from Africa. Bloody hell, where to begin with this one, man? Okay, so the one-man gang wasn't doing so well in the WWF. He had a fair few good matches against Hogan and the likes in the top tier, but was then pushed to the side. What he needed was a kind of rebrand. He he needed an update, as it were. I tell you what he didn't need, though, is to suddenly tell people that he was from f***ing Africa. It was pretty offensive stuff, not to mention awkward as when he spoke in that god-awful accent. It was apparently meant to be a shot at Dusty Rhodes in his American dream angle, but at what cost? Well, this guy's career for a start is when he was ditched and then arrived in the WCW as the one-man gang again, all credibility was left overseas. Number 5. Fit Finley has a son After WCW went out of business, we thought we'd never see Fit Finley wrestle again on a national scene. After all, he was 47 years old, he'd suffered a bad leg injury in the dying days of WCW, and was doing quite well for himself as the agent of the WWE's women's division. But the Irish brawler was given one last shot in the spotlight in 2006, five years after we'd last seen him on TV. And to his credit, the man was getting over. As a badass brawler, he was a solid addition to the SmackDown midcard. Now, Vince McMahon is not a subtle fellow, and he loves his Irish characters. So, of course, he got a four-leaf clover attire and a shillelagh, but then they went full-on cartoon when they added a leprechaun to his act. Six months into his run, Little Bastard joined his side and there was no going back. And I'm just going to say you can't book a legit tough guy when you've got a leprechaun following him around and living under a ring. Things went further out of control when we found out that this little guy was Finley's son. 
I mean, just put it this way. By the end of his run, he was teaming up with his little child against the Boogeyman and Little Boogie. It just... Oh, it was dumb. Thankfully, I think we got a fair while before Becky Lynch gets a buddy like Little Lynch or the... <laughs> the Lynch Bracorn. <laughs> oh, Jesus, just saying that gives me shivers in my shillelagh. Anyway, number four, Abyss has some family issues. Abyss is one of TNA's best homegrown originals. He stuck with them through nearly their entire history, even turning down a run in WWE so he could try and take the company to the next level. Well, that certainly didn't work. And perhaps in at least a small part, that was due to the company bungling up his character quite badly. For the first few years of Abyss, all we knew about the man was that he was a deranged monster. It's a simple, timeless formula in wrestling, but the company felt that it was time that we learned a little bit more about the man. We first discovered that Abyss was a man who shot his own father and spent time in prison for the crime. That works well enough for a psychopathic wrestler, but get this, it was actually Abyss's mother who shot his father, and Abyss took the fall for it. Well, I guess that's quite noble for him. Then we found out that his father was James Mitchell and that Judas Messias was his half-brother. One twist wasn't good enough, apparently. That's how you ruin a character. Is it a wonder that Abyss never captured the TNA's heavyweight title again after all of this nonsense happened? Answers on a sarcasm-riddled postcard, if you please. Number three, Kane had a girlfriend. Well before Tori, Kane, that big lovable demon, apparently got about a bit, and he had his big red machine revved by a lass called Katie Vick. These two words almost killed his character dead in the water. It was the unravelling of a mystery that never needed to be touched. With Katie came the knowledge that he wasn't actually locked up in a basement as had previously been suggested, and that he didn't even have real scars under the mask, but psychological ones. Woo! Scary. Actually, in all seriousness, mental health isn't a joke. And if you're actually suffering with emotional distress, I sincerely wish you the best and the strength to seek help if you need it. Speak to your friends, speak to your family. You're gonna be okay. What? You didn't see that coming? Well, that's what you get with me, man. A few laughs and then some spiced realism in for good measure. You're welcome. Anyway, the more we learned about Kane, the less we wanted to know. Much like the Star Wars prequels telling us how Darth Vader came to be, or the Halloween reboot giving Michael Myers a backstory, usually the mystery of what we can picture in our minds is so much better than a full-on explanation. Especially if the explanation was downright idiotic. Number two, Alberto Del Rio faked his wealth. I really don't want to waste my time talking about this man, so I'm going to keep it short. He came into the WWE as a rich Mexican playboy and rubbed it in our faces that he was better than the average Joe. He was basically like Scrooge McDuck, only with a cross-arm breaker and a reported series of anger issues outside work. Anyway, if we flick through the pages of his life, we'll see that it turns out that he was just a phony who faked his wealth and just rented all the cars and homes we saw. This killed his character's angle dead and made him look like all sorts of a loser, resulting in a downward push through the cards and some terrible, terrible storylines. Finally, he was let go and unleashed, free to visit all the airports he wanted. And number one, Raven comes from a rich, loving family. When Raven first joined WCW, he'd talk about all the pain and suffering he'd been through as a child. He'd been left on his own for weeks at a time, he'd been neglected, and his family didn't give a damn about him. Well, it turns out that none of that was true. After the flock, Raven didn't have quite a lot going on. He was also quite depressed, more so than usual. His former foe turned good pal Canyon decided to go get him out of his funk and went to go visit him at his house, which turned out to be a mansion, one of many mansions that the Raven family owned. Raven, or Scotty as his mum called him, had lied all along. 
Raven's mum wasn't the evil woman we believed her to be. She was just an eccentric socialite who gave her son a huge allowance. To kill the Raven character even further, he was never even depressed. He was just faking it to upset his mum like it was some sort of wacky sitcom. Even his longtime nemesis Sandman turned out to be a family friend. What the f were they thinking? How many gimmicks can you kill in one series of vignettes? In one fell swoop, WCW did a retcon on one of the most interesting characters of the 90s. And what was their master plan? Well, we'll never know, as Raven soon left the company, which was probably the best. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.